0: Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. Hey, I'm thankful that you could join me for this episode. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. Today's conversation centers around trust and how we can trust again after we've been hurt. I'm joined in this episode by the co-founder of Nothing is Wasted Ministries, Christy Blackburn. If you'll remember, just a few weeks back, her husband, Davey Blackburn, was on the show. But this time, Christy is here to share a little bit more about her own journey. She talks about her walk through some difficult seasons with the Lord. She talks about a journey through single motherhood. But through it all, she reveals how God taught her how to trust Him. And then how that resulted in her learning to trust other people. Christy also shares with us how God actually brought Davy into her life to help her learn to trust and how she was able to heal in the context of a relationship. As we get started, if you'd like to take notes on this episode and then later give yourself the opportunity to pray and reflect on what you've learned, I want you to have a look down in the show notes. You'll notice something called podcast pages. If you click on that link, you'll be taken to the Agape Moms website, and there you'll find free downloadable podcast journaling pages to give you the opportunity to consider further what God would have for you from this episode. Also, down in the show notes, if you are new to the podcast, you'll notice a link to to a quiz. It's called, What's Your Loneliness Type? Loneliness is something that all of us single moms have to deal with, but the reasons why we deal with loneliness are different, and they don't necessarily have that much to do with whether or not we're in a relationship. So if you'd like to learn more about your own experience with loneliness, what's causing it, and then some of the ways out, go ahead and click on that link or head over to agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. Christy is a sweet friend with a kind heart, and it's been absolutely beautiful to see how God has worked through her life story. Here's my conversation with Christy Blackburn. Christy, I'm so thrilled to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thank you. I'm so honored to be able to speak into your community and that you invited me on.
0: I'm thrilled to have you here too, because you have such an incredible story Mm. and in it though, it's like many of us, it's got ups, it's got downs, twists, turns. And however, though, there's so much hope that God has weaved through it. I'd like to have you start us off just sharing a little about your journey up into the point where you became a single mom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, they start out with like, I grew up in a pastor's home. You know, a lot of my friends, at least. I mean, I was around a lot of people in the church. And so my dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. It was just in our family. So what you do is you go to church. Um, But I kind of saw God in the way of how I saw my dad of i had to perform for his love and so it was like a checklist of in order to get to heaven if i just did all these things like check check then i will go there and so be a good person don't cuss you know yeah. don't steal like all those little things that you think about um and so that really was my faith journey in the very beginning was just my parents faith and just doing what i was supposed to do but at the same time um my father it was just kind of different um he was abusive he was controlling um and so there's a lot of of woundings that happen as a child early on, and so a lot of confusion. I I kind of saw my heavenly father like my earthly father that way. Mm-hmm. So I saw my dad as kind of being angry and powerful, and I was I always was afraid of him. So I was seeing God that way too. Like I'm afraid of you, God. Like mm-hmm. you are all powerful. That made sense to me when they describe God yeah. in that characteristic in that way. But a gentle God was not what I saw, Um, and so. That started my foundation pretty early on. Um, And then, you know, go forward to when I was 19 years old. God put so many amazing people in my life that felt called to share the gospel with me. What was funny, It's I, I was so confused. Like, why do they think they need to share the gospel with me? I'm already a believer. Like, mm. go to somebody else. Like, I, that's already done. Mission accomplished. I'm good. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. But what was so beautiful is I was carrying so many burdens of this childhood trauma that I was carrying that I ended up going to this Christmas conference. God made it all happen. I show up there. And at that point, I was going to alcohol to just solve all my problems. Mm. Um, nothing at the bottom of the bottle would answer anything, but I felt like maybe it would. Um, and so I felt pretty empty. So I showed up to this Christmas conference. Everyone was super happy. And someone asked me, how's it going? I'm like, it's kind of weird because everybody's sober and they're so happy. Mm -hmm. Like to know that there was this joy there that existed, not because of worldly things and meaningless things, but because of a God that they served and that they loved. And so At that conference, it was really neat. All of a sudden, God started softening my heart. And remember, it was on New Year's Eve that I gave my heart to the Lord then. And it felt like, wow, here's a savior who wants number one, a relationship with me two who is gentle and three, who wants to take all my burdens and make them his own. Like he loves me that much. I've never heard of any guy that would ever do that for you. I'm like, if this is who he says he is, I'm going to follow him till death. Like it doesn't matter. And so that was just a different thing of taking religion to relationship. Um, so you know in any relationship you're having to learn what that looks like. You I mean marriage, we think about marriage, that's hard. You're you're learning each other's quirks and everything, but we know Jesus is perfect. So we're the issue at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And um also even just with your heavenly father, you if you had a lot of foundational issues in the beginning, it's kind of hard to work that relationship out. So mm-hmm. a lot of believers, they put a lot of shame on themselves when they go back and forth. It's not really going back and forth, I feel like I feel like you're just trying to work through and go through your journey of learning to depend and trust on the Lord. And I mean you look, see it all over scripture. You see the Israelites, he takes it's his people, they, they take him out of slavery. And these people keep on going back and forth mm-hmm. from their idols to trusting in man instead of trusting in God. That's just natural. And that's what we tend to do. We're humans. That's that's what happens. And so throughout that that time frame, I just kept on going back and forth. Like I just don't really know. And I wasn't like doing that checklist, but I didn't want to be perfect at the same time. I wanted mm-hmm. to follow God fully in the desire of my heart. So I started traveling all over the place uh, doing mission work. So I went to Mexico, worked in an orphanage, Brazil, Cambodia. um, There I was working at a safe house for girls and human trafficking. And then I went to Mexico again to work at a private school. And it was neat to see at each of these places that God was just healing past wounds that I didn't realize that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember looking at some of the kids in the orphanage, just grieving over their stories. I mean, one of the stories was one of the kids was chained to a railroad track while his mom would go party and his dad abandoned him. And so I'm like, God, how could you abandon? Like, how could his dad abandon him? And then I realized at that time, like, no, I was abandoned by my dad. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling this for him and fighting for him and praying for him because I feel this deeply. And God was just opening up my eyes during all that time. Um, fast forward then to the last part in Mexico. I was living in Mexico. I was working at the private school as a teacher and I was on my way to coming back to the States and I went to a birthday party and these people, they hang out all night. It doesn't matter if you're 15, if you're a grandma, whatever age, like they're hanging out all night. This is how Mexicans celebrate. Mm -hmm. So it was like 1am and I'm like, okay, the grandma's still here. I still can't make it. I got to go home. I am tired. And I felt so bad because it's rude to leave early. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, guys, I'll just walk to my car. I'm fine. I ended up walking out and a group of guys assaulted me in the middle of the street, beat me up just for a purse, left me passed out, and a taxi driver had to stop to get me up. And at that point, it's like, here I have my dad. I have all these other, you know, other guy issues. And then here's this, these guys who just beat me up. I'm like, I got this. I can survive this. I'm a survivor. So I had a bunch of PTSD when I came back um, from Mexico to the States. And I was in a very, very vulnerable spot working with a lot of counselors, but still that there's like more deep woundings that that brought up. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of working on my relationship with the Lord as well. Like, God, how could you allow that? Are you good? Why Mm -hmm. is all these bad things keep on happening? And at that time, then I met this guy who uh, was not a believer, but he would go to church. I'm like, okay. And there's this thing that they say, like, your small yeses. You start making all these little yeses. Mm -hmm. And then you make that big yes. Mm-hmm. And so they t- teach you, when you start making those small, yeses, you need to cut those off. You need to stop it because it will lead you to a slippery slope into that big yes. So my little yeses ended me up uh, getting pregnant out of wedlock. And that, again, when I think about that, you can pretend like you're this perfect believer. You know, no one sees your sin on display, but the moment you get pregnant without a ring on your finger, your mm-hmm. sin is out there for everybody to know. Mm-hmm. And so walking in a church with a belly, like, I already felt like this stigma, like I ruined my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, We prayed for five months of, should we get married or not? And we felt like the Lord was leading us in that direction. So we got married and then we ended up ending the marriage and divorce. And so that left me as a single mom feeling just so confused and betrayed by the Lord of why did my life get to this point after I worked so hard to get out of what I was in?
0: Mm -hmm. So talk about that a little bit, that, inevitably I'm sure led you into a period of a lot of wrestling that you've had these traumatic experiences with men, but not only that, some of that is re- then reflected onto the Lord, as you mentioned, as far as like in the case
1: of your father, but then also feeling like you've been left. Yes. Oh yes. I think like when it comes to just, again, the, the whole trust aspect, you trust someone from Positive experiences. So, what's God? God is so beautiful in the way He creates our brains and our bodies. Um, I'm a PA. So, you know, we hear, learn all the physiological aspects of what our brain does. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was reading about was that when you experience, let's say, like as a baby, you touch a hot stove. Well, now you've already experienced that. So then you take your hand off and you know, I will never touch that stove. Even if it's not hot, I'm not going to touch that because I was hurt there. So that's actually a neural pathway that gets created in your brain saying that's not safe. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, we take those same tactics as adults. And if we just keep on getting burned by the same thing, our brain is going to tell us that's not safe. That's your natural reaction. And that's there for a reason. It's to protect us. But the thing is, as we become more mature emotionally as adults, and we can say, no, this is safe and this is not safe. But if you've never had that ability and you've never had a positive experience with a man in that Mm -hmm. way, so they say in order to heal from that bad one, you have to have a positive emotion-laden experience to know and create that new neural pathway so you can say, no, this guy was not safe, but there are other safe guys out there. This guy was not safe. However, my heavenly father is safe and Mm -hmm. I can trust him. Mm -hmm. And so- It took a lot of time for me to emotionally, because again, the tools that you receive is from your parents. So your father is the one who's supposed to teach you how to do that. Mm. I didn't receive that. So in my older age, my adult age, I had to do that with counseling through different therapy practices that they use to give me these, to teach me like, Hey, Go to those experiences, have kind of a little open door, have a little crack. But then when it's starting to be unsafe, that's when you close it. But mm-hmm. don't close every single door on every single thing. Mm-hmm. And I realized, okay, I can trust them because they know. And so, yeah, again, trusting God it's going to take... Again, it took the Israelites 40 years Mm -hmm. in the desert to get to the promised land. Mm -hmm. It it took them that long to depend on the Lord. I'm like, Lord, let's fast track this. I don't want 40 years where (laughs) you're having to take me (laughs) through a desert when the promised land is right here. like I want to depend on you and I want to trust you. So I will now hold your hand and I'll let you lead me to the well, to the promised land, to your waters. Because again, it's not about me and it's not about me white knuckling and controlling it. It's Mm -hmm. about him leading us to healing and to trusting him.
0: Yeah, how were you able to sort out a distrust for people who had hurt
1: you from mm. your relationship with God? That's a really really great question. I think that only the Lord put different aspects in my life. And and I'll say that in this reason because I went to counseling cons- like consistently because I knew if I have all these issues now, I will bring it into my family. I'll bring it into my kids. And so before I have kids, this is what I'm going to do. So I was 19 years old going to counseling and I've been at counseling ever since. Um, I'm 36. I don't go as much anymore. I'd say in the past five years, it's a lot less. It's maybe like, you know a week out of the year. But again, I, I feel like it's very important to get someone who's godly, who's wise, that can give you that information and help you with the tools. So I feel like they gave me the tools to understand when was God allowing that in my life. Um, I would say an example was dating Davy. Um, I was pretty hurt. Like you think about um, dogs in a humane society that have been abused. Yeah. They like freak out. They're very like spastic mm-hmm. and they get really nervous and jumpy and, and they don't make eye contact. They keep their heads la- you know, lowered. I felt like, honestly, I acted like that in a mm-hmm. way, like ready, reactive, jumpy. Like I wouldn't make eye contact in very vulnerable times. And when it would get vulnerable, I would overreact. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the dogs will growl and bark at you. And I felt like that was me in a way of like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm getting heightened. So when I started dating Davey, um, there was a time I went to my counselor. I'm like, I need to break up with him because, you know, he's causing all this issues in me. I'm pulling away. I feel broken. Um, And she just looked at me and said, Christy, like, don't you know that the Lord, so when in surgery, for example, when a surgeon is performing open heart surgery on a person, that the, the surgeon's not the healer that the Lord is the healer and he knows he put that specific surgeon in my life to save my life and to heal me and to help me. And she said, don't you know that the Lord knew the type of surgeon that needed to be in your life? Mm. You've been so hurt by men. Don't you think he's going to put a man in your life to heal Mm. the same places that has been broken? Wow! And for someone who's been so hurt by men, I refused. I said, but the Lord could heal me. He He can take a donkey. He can take a rock. The Lord can heal me. I refuse to allow it. And she said, is he safe? Tell me, tell me things that he's unsafe in. And for us who know what's unsafe looks like, we can give you a list. There was not one thing on the list for unsafe. He was a safe person. She said, open your door a little wider for him and take God by the hand and let him do the things that he wants to do. So when you start feeling triggered, tell David your triggers and if he's safe, then then Davey's going to respond in a great way and you can test his response out by that way. And so I would, I would start telling him vulnerable things that I wouldn't tell people, but little bits. I mean, again, some of us are too trusting and we just say all the things, you know, but for those yeah. who are very reserved, that's a good practice of okay, is this person safe to share my heart with? Give them a little piece, see what they do with it. If they're safe and they protect it, give them more. Yeah, I love that you brought
0: that up too, that some of us are too trusting and kind of just like lay it all out there because that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have had to go through a journey of learning that you actually know in your body, you feel that anxiety. You know this person's not safe, but it is causing you to overshare because you want yes. to, you want, you're hoping that person's gonna prove to you that they're trustworthy.
1: Well, and you're oversharing. Drug. Yeah. Well, it's so, a drug at that point. And you yeah. have to realize like, if you know you're an overshare and you're you're one of those people that will like. Cling to a guy immediately, that you know that they're a drug for you and Mm -hmm. that you kind of need to like back off and give some space and see, like, is the Lord providing for this or is this really not the case?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so critical though that we know we may be oriented one way or another. You know, are you moving closer? Are you moving away? But that in the midst of that, bringing God into that process makes it much easier to feel that, okay, I'm discerning rightly what this person's orientation is as far as their relationship towards me, their relationship to God is what I hear and what I see, do they match? And just learning that process of, and I think that's what you kind of hit on this, but when you've been hurt before, you don't really know if your gauge works.
1: (laughs) You You don't know know which way is up. You really don't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no. So it's saying it's okay. My gauge maybe didn't work so well in the past, but we're going to work on this now. We can get to a point where we can rightly discern things. I know yes. for me though it required the ability to understand who I was to God, what mm. he really who he really is and how he really sees me. Yes. So that I could trust, okay, you love me. You're good. So you're going to help me see this the right way. You're going to help me be in the right place as far as this relationship concerned. Can you speak to that aspect a little bit as far as yes. how that mended a little bit for you?
1: Yeah, I think too, when you think about God, he says he's going to lead you by his righteous right hand. What does that practically look like? So for me, I would date and then I would just immediately end it knowing it was wrong. Um, but then when it came to Davy, I was just done. And, and this, I was in the season of basically saying, Lord, you know, The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I say that I'm a follower. I say that I'm a believer. It says, those who claim to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. I'm like, man- I don't feel like I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. You think about when you first get in the relationship with someone and all those butterflies, I'm like, I don't have this like amazing, like excitement and desire mm. and thirst for the Lord. Like he's not Lord of my life. He's not like my husband and I don't see him as this endearing father. Mm. Um, and so I realized I'm like, no, I need to, I need to switch some things up. But how do I, again, Love him to that level. You think about when you first have your first kid and you welcome a child in the world, the depths of the love you have for that child, you will die for them. I didn't have that depth of love for, for my heavenly father. And so I talked to my counselor again, wise counsel. And I just said, I don't know how to get back to the point when I first started following him. I loved him so much. I would do anything for him. I would risk everything. I had that childlike faith and now I'm just kind of like going through the motions. I read my Bible. I pray to him. There's no excitement about him. I don't, I don't really care to love him that way. And she said, well, what did you do? I said, I removed all distractions. So dating everything She goes, well, I wouldn't say you need to like, I didn't date for four years in college, actually. That's how Mm -hmm. serious I was about making sure I was on the right path with the Lord. What Mm -hmm. girl in college doesn't date? That's when most girls are dating to get their husband. Right, right. And so I sacrificed that. She goes, well, I wouldn't recommend four years of not dating. She goes, but I think for a time, just take all distractions away and spend time with your Heavenly Father. Start writing in a journal, um, writing your feelings out to Him, asking, begging Him and wrestling these questions down to the ground with Him about how you're feeling about Him And when I started doing that, I just fell so in love with him. It was such a sweet time in my singleness. I would put my daughter down to bed and I would just get in his word because he's speaking straight to us in his word. And I would just be weeping like, I understand my worth. You love me so much. Why would I even need a guy? I got to a point where I'm like, okay, God, it's going to be me and you. Mm-hmm. I don't need to bring a, a boyfriend with my daughter and these guys in and out. Like, I'm just going to make, make it with me and you. So then Davy pops in like a couple of weeks after that promise mm-hmm. to the Lord. And I thought we made a mutual promise. I thought God was like, <laughs> yep, that's how it's going. But, you know, come to find out, no, he had Davy for me in my life. But it took Davy six months six months. And thats I think that's the biggest thing. When God has someone for you, they will fight for you. It doesn't matter what the timeline is. If you keep on saying no, they will come back. So you saying no is not going to t- deter them if the Lord's putting it on their heart. He will move mountains to have this man ask you out. So for me, I always think that women just need to take some time from it and remove those excitement emotions because if we're so excited it's as if we're trying to fill some kind of void. Yes. And if we're trying to, and of course in scripture it says it is not good for man to be alone. I do not feel like God like calls everyone to singleness. And it's true there is a reason why God wants to put Adam with Eve. It is very very true. But if we can't have that one-on-one in love, in that deep, rich love with our father, then this man's going to be this idol on a pedestal that he shouldn't stand on, that he's never going to mount to anything. And you're going to fight him when you do get married because he's not what you expected him to be. Mm. So for me, I knew it took him six months. He just kept on asking in different ways for us to hang out. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good with my father. And then all of a sudden, it, I had this desire. We were at the gym. We met each other at the gym, and that's how I started asking. And we're at the gym. Our kids were there. And I felt like, Lord, I just, I hate being alone right now. And I want mm-hmm. him to ask me out. But no, I, charm is deceptive, mm-hmm. but beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, it says in scripture. So I'm like, Lord, if you want this, I'm going to have you have him ask me out. And at this point, he only asked me out in group settings, he never asked me out individually. And so we finished up our workout, we went outside and um, he was like, what are you going to do tonight? I'm like, I'm taking my daughter to Chick-fil-A family night. He was like, well, that's funny. I'm taking Weston too, which he was not, (laughs) he was not planning to do that, (laughs) but he said that. And he goes, do you want to go together? I mean, I got chills because again, I gave my dependence. I opened up my hands to the Lord and I said, you will lead. And he had this man who never would have asked me out individually ask me out like that. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I'm like, I remember praying at that exact moment, Lord, what are you up to? Mm -hmm. Lord, what are you up to? Because I don't know if I'm ready for this, but what are you up to? So to know that my heavenly father uh, like planted this, put this on the same path, called us into this marriage. We're in this marriage and it's hard. We're blending in grief. We're in this ministry that has grief and trauma. Like it is very, very difficult So, when it gets difficult, you don't question the marriage at all Mm. because you know God called you to it. Mm -hmm. You start questioning, how do I change in this? That's it.
0: Mm. So good. You said so many wise things there. And I think the thing that's really hitting me right now, where I'm at, is when you are spending that time by yourself, just you and God doing life, that really is the way He always wanted us to think about our life. He always wanted it to be. I'm here for you, daughter. I'm walking with you, daughter. This is our, this is the life I've given you. I have so much for you in it. Yes, there is pain, but I am not leaving you. And when we can cling into that, then I really, and I just resonate so much with what you're saying. You can be in that space of like, I don't care if this is (laughs) my life for the rest of my life and there is not another man that steps onto the scene that's okay and i know a lot of women don't like to hear that like god is your husband thing but if you can really sink into <laughs> that relationship yes you can see just how much he can fill those lonely spaces and those heartbroken spaces yes. that no matter yes. of excitement well, this or this is the same
1: god yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. But this is the same God who told Abraham that you're going to be the father of all nations, gave him this promise and then said, Hey, your first son that you've waited 25 years now after this promise, go kill him and sacrifice him. Mm -hmm. So this is a God who really is a jealous God who wants our, like this deep relationship with us, not jealous in the way of love me. I'm narcissistic and I need all the glory, but jealous in the way of he's our creator. And as a parent, we know with our kids, we would do anything for them to love us we mm-hmm. would do anything and so in the same way he knows what it's going to take for us to have fullness of joy in in psalm david says in his presence is fullness of joy and mm-hmm. in, in his right hand pleasures forevermore He knows that's the only way it's going to fulfill us, but we're sitting here and going and doing these random things that are just drugs that are temporary highs that never fulfill. And we have him, we have his presence and we don't seek his face. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like I still have to practice that now. Like there are times where I have three kids. I'm busy. We have our ministry. My husband has emotional needs as well. I'm exhausted. And I realized I'm like, why am I not drinking from the well? Mm-hmm. It seems like another to-do sometimes to get in, my, in the Word into doing a prayer and meditating. And I'm like, but this is the well. This is pleasures forevermore. Why am I not taking this time? That's so good. And I think that's really important because we have to remember
0: that that is true for any season and stage of our lives. And I yes. think for anyone who does aspire to relationship in the future, these are the things, though, that make that relationship whole and healthy and good in the Lord is that you're settled in him first. And then you know what that looks like in another person. So if that other person is not doing those same things, there's n- then that attraction kind of dampens because you know, hey, you and me are not in the same space.
1: It does. I mean, you think about if you have a heart, if God gave you a heart to serve a certain population, certain people, um, and you're serving those people, and then your husband doesn't want to serve those people, most likely, you're going to give up that heart and that mm-hmm. desire. But that yeah. was like the purpose and the calling and your fulfillment. Like, that's how you felt fulfilled. So let's just say you're serving in that area and then a guy is also serving in that area. Mm -hmm. That's usually the best case scenario because you guys are aligned in every aspect and not one's going to sacrifice for the other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty in in loving God and doing ministry together because Davey are aligned in almost every single way. Mm -hmm. So that helps in the chaotic and craziness of everything else we have.
0: (laughs) Right, because life still goes on. (laughs) It still
1: does.
0: (laughs) So in the midst of this though, Davey's now on the scene and you're having this impression that, all right, Lord, I think you've put him here. Yes. How did you start to make those steps towards, oh man, I I have to trust another person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I think a lot of times too, um, I remember one campus leader of this ministry told me like, hey, Christy you're just so amazing at like just you know, naming everything discipleship and just all like the characteristics of what a Christian is, you know? And I think when I look back and I'm like, it's kind of comical that we had this conversation, but they said, but you, but you have a big, but, and I'm like, okay, you're a dude, this is inappropriate. You shouldn't be saying this to me. (laughs) And he goes, let me explain myself. It's like, I can say all these good characteristics, but you don't trust people. Well, you don't trust authority. You don't trust men and it felt at that time words of shame cuz i already felt bad that like why can't i trust these people i was recommended by so many you know discipleship group leaders to read this book called trust and and again i'm like i i'm trying to so it's kind of like i can pray god help me trust but i don't you don't know how to trust unless you are experiencing some way to be vulnerable, to allow yourself to trust that that makes mm-hmm. sense. And so I feel like I, for the women out there who have a hard time in trusting, just know that God created your bodies to do that and your minds to do that, to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard it said one time that as children, when we have childhood trauma, we put up this armor to protect ourselves. So it's like, ironclad. Like no one can get through this, but now we're safe. We're out of that childhood trauma as adults, but we are so comfortable within our armor that we can't just let go. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could let that armor go and say, you know what? My skin doesn't have to be so like tender and soft and, and, or some of us is so rough and tough where no, it's impenetrable that like nothing's going to get through. I can be a little more soft about this and, and, and figure out, again, like how we said before, is this person safe? Is this uh, experience safe? Um, and and put ourselves out there. So it's funny because when I was dating him, I kept on pulling away and he would see that. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing Gideon prayers. So if people don't know who Gideon was, basically, he was this nobody that God said, you're going to mighty warrior. You're going to go and save the Israelites from the Midianites. and everybody. It, it was just nuts because you would never think of this guy as a mighty warrior. So he's like, God, who am I? So he, he said, God, if, you know, I'm going to put out my fleece and if it's wet and everything is dry, then I believed you, you know, he asked five different things throughout the whole entire time. It's absolutely nuts. He, but God always gave him an answer. Mm-hmm. So I love getting prayers because I believe that God, if it's in his calling, in his way, he will give you a very clear smack in the face answer. Mm-hmm. So one day I remember going to small group, Davey was in my small group and none of our small group knew we were kind of talking and dating because we just wanted to keep it low. Cause we're like, people make a big deal about this. We don't want anyone to know. And one of the girls in the small group, um, she came up to me and that point, she didn't know I prayed a Gideon prayer that morning. I wanted to break up with him that night. I'm like, this mm. is too much. I cannot do this. I can't trust this man. And I'm going to be put out in front of everybody to just be, a, you know, a laughing stock of like the fact that he's going to break up with me. He's going to hurt me. I'm going to be destroyed. And so she came up to me. And again, I barely ever talked to her at this point. And she said, you know, it's funny. I've been praying about Davy's future wife. And this random thought came to me today. And I used to hang out with, so her his future wife, uh, his late wife was um, Amanda Byers. Mm-hmm. So Amanda Blackburn, when they got married. And so the, the whole Byers family is Amanda, Amber, and James. Those are all the siblings. And she said, I used to grow up with them. And I hung out with Amber a lot. And you remind me of Amber. And when I've been praying for his future wife, I've been praying for somebody that would be just like the family so they could fit in. And have you ever thought about like you and Davey dating? (laughs) Like (laughs) it was the most random thing she could have said. So I was like, God, I see you Mm. like slap in the face. Okay. Like here's someone else who's never met me. Really never really been around me much. And she sees it. And so you're having her speak into this this way. And so I do believe that God will show you if you open your hands when you are struggling to trust.
0: hmm. I'd like to take a short break from our conversation to mention our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that is available on the go. And it works through an app where you are able to schedule video sessions or just chat with your counselor throughout the course of the week. And I've found that having the combination of Christian teaching and counseling together was so encouraging and so healing for me. If you have been considering Christian counseling and you would like to give Faithful Counseling a try, you can get 10% off of your first month by going to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. And practically step that out though. What, What were the things that you had to do those steps of faith that you had to say, all right, God, but practically how that looked between you and Davey, what were the things that you had to get out of your comfort zone
1: with? Yeah. So that night did not break up with him. So (laughs) that was a good thing. Um, (laughs) Don't run. Yes. (laughs) Don't run. Yes. And then again, the conversations that we would have. So he would look into my eyes and I just kept on looking down and he would just say, Christy, like, you, you are so strong, like your confidence there. You're just, it seems like you're so powerful and like your strength that you exude is amazing. But he goes, that scares me. Hmm. He goes, you're scared of your weaknesses, but I love your weaknesses and your vulnerability. Hmm. And for him to say that he then was a safe place for me to just even cry. I wouldn't cry in front of him. I wouldn't tell him anything vulnerable. And so I realized at that moment, like, why am I needing to be strong? Hmm. Because everyone took advantage of me and my weaknesses. So now I can't be strong. So I realized, no, I can be weak and that is strength. Hmm. So I started speaking into certain areas of my life, being a little vulnerable to him a little bit at a time, just letting him know certain things that I wouldn't tell other people. And by him responding in just such positive ways, I mean, it helped a lot. So I would say that like one, it's just not running away from hard things that, that God's providing, like, but, but running away from toxic things that are not good for you would mm-hmm. be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then two, just being vulnerable when needed. Um, again, letting letting him respond in a positive way and seeing how that works with them. The whole trusting aspect, it's not just with your spouse and your in the person you're dating, it's with authority. Mm-hmm. So I didn't trust authority either. I didn't trust senior leaders of churches. I was burned by a lot of them. I think a lot of us experience Christian hurt, uh, church hurt through Christian men. Um, and so that's another aspect, but you have to realize, and I think through counseling, again, this is another practical ways through counseling that you cannot connect the two that these Christian men, that these Christian leaders, that these other men, they are not God. Mm. And so how they fail you, God's not going to fail you that way. And He, again, his love is unconditional. So I think it's getting in his word and understanding his truths about that as well. Um, and, and then just seeking counsel throughout the whole entire time to figure out how to, to step into those trust aspects.
0: That's so good. You know, and I, you made such a critical point there. And I think a lot of us have to work through this in that the way we've been hurt by people, especially people who profess to be Christians, does not reflect the heart of God. And that if we can get into that space of understanding that God is so good, loves us so much and so much more completely than any person on this planet ever can and will, then we can look at the shortcomings of people and recognize that that's sin. That's fallenness. That's not a reflection of God. That's a reflection of brokenness. Yes. And if we could, and I think that's the devil's biggest trick is to blame God for the things that he is doing in the world. <laughs> and if we can, if we have the yes. ability to, to recognize rightly good from evil and recognize the sources, then it's so much easier to say, okay, I'm not going to apply what I'm seeing in the world anymore to God. And as a matter of fact, yes. I'm going to, yeah make sure I look for the good that's in the world and I'm going to know that's you. And I know for me, one of the big things to get there was prayer that by very concretely, and I have to journal them now. This is a new discipline for me. I need to write them down because my head is too busy. And I get off into these spaces of like, oh, and then I got to do laundry after this is over. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) The
1: to-do list.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the more that I spend time though, and actually write these things down, then I'm so much more aware of the spaces where it was like, oh, I prayed for this and this could actually go along with this, you know, or, or you actually, I prayed for this, but this is even You're showing in a bigger way. You're showing up here. And that moving into that space, asking and receiving is one of the easiest ways that we're able to trust God.
1: Well, when you think about God in scripture, like we hear faithful, you've been faithful, you'll be. Mm -hmm. And so how do you know that God has been faithful and will be faithful? It's from his past faithfulness. And in scripture, everywhere it talks about um, when God was faithful and he showed up to his people, he would tell them, build an altar. And so I actually, in my journal, I have my altars page because when I pray for things, it is so easy to see the miraculous God show up in all these things. And then all of a sudden I forget just like the Israelites did in scripture. They keep on forgetting who their God is and how powerful he is. The fact that he opened the Red Sea and they walked a mile in this raging sea free from harm. And then he closed it on the, like the Egyptians. It's like mind boggling that they're like God, I don't trust you right now. Mm-hmm. Like it took us to him 40 years. Like how in the world, like you saw his hand you saw this, but in the same way with us, when we don't remember his faithfulness and what he's done in our lives, then we will forget that he's going to be faithful in the future. And that's where trust is built with your savior is mm-hmm. by seeing God, where have you been faithful in my life
0: mm-hmm. and building that altar? So good. I love that. It's, it's that memorial in our lives of these times yes. where God came through and we just have to, remember. And I think the other thing too, is that's why stories matter because the more we get used to telling our story of God's faithfulness, the easier it comes to our mind. But also when I hear your story, Christy, I'm like, look how good God is. Look at all these things he did for her. So when I'm having a down moment, it's like, well, you showed up for her and I know you
1: love me. So. <laughs> and even with that, I think sometimes we put things in our own hands too. Like I remember um just until i was 19 years old i mean purity ring doing everything perfectly right waiting for my husband like all my friends were just doing all the crazy party life and everything like that and being impure and i'm like god i'm saving myself for the right guy and then all of a sudden i stopped and i realized like i did all these bad things thinking like man i don't have worth I don't deserve a good man in my life. If I ever married a Christian, that would be like crazy. So there's no Christians left. I was 31 at the time when I met Davey. I was thinking there's no Christians left. There's no way I'm going to marry a good guy. And God brought a unicorn. I'm telling you, Davey, (laughs) like we call him a unicorn just because like we were, we were meant to be together. Like he made him just for me. And I was crying to Davey the other night. And I said, how good is God that in my own work? I thought I would have met a man and married the perfect man because I did it, but God Hmm. shows up in the midst of me doing all the crazy stuff I've done. I wasn't obedient and faithful in every aspect. I wasn't perfect. And he said, because I love you and you are worth so much, I'm going to give you this unicorn of a man, Hmm. um, because you're good because I made you good. You're righteous because I put Jesus death on the cross. And so for me, it just made it even more sweeter that I married the man that I wanted to marry. Um, in spite of me. Um, what's funny, even funnier is in 2016, um, when I was, actually it was 2006, sorry, I mean, it, I, have, I am aged. <laughs> I have <laughs> aged on my words, but it's <laughs> such a long time ago. But in 2006, in, um, in one of my small groups that I was in when I first became a believer, they said, write down the list of your non-negotiables of a guy in your negotiables. I mean, everything I wrote, Oh my like, God, if you can find a guy like that, great. And again, I didn't date for four years thinking that God would just show up and provide me that man And then I married Davey and I was looking uh, through that list one day through that journal. And I saw that list and I was like, Oh my word to a T he met every single one and then beyond. Mm. And so God, what he does is he doesn't just give you what you want or whatever. He goes even above and beyond because he gives good gifts to his, his children. Mm. That is
0: so incredible. Talk to me a little bit now as we're moving forward in your story. So as you and Mm -hmm. Davey had dated and, combined families. I think we have this impression that like, oh, that's my, you know, happily ever after and my redemption and, you know, all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And there's, there's tons of goodness in it. But yes. how did that experience though shift who you were as a woman and your relationship with God mm. that now is being played out in your all, in y'all's life and ministry?
1: There's a lot that goes with it. I would say one, bringing in so much trauma from like just multiple levels of trauma coming into a marriage. And I would say I go more towards like the feminist side of like things, um, which I always pray. I'm like, God, don't make me a Christian wife, like an American Christian culture wife. Mm -hmm. Make me a godly wife. So I'm not going to do what every other Christian woman does with their husband. I'm going to do what the like what the Lord called me in this season to do. So I'm not going to take the stereotypical roles. Um, I'm going to do what God's called me and then Davey in the same way in his role. So we've prayed that together and it's been a neat thing. Um, But even just trying to get to that point of I was independent for so many years without a man And now, according to scripture, I'm supposed to submit and I'm the helper. And it feels as if it's like this lower role of like, I have no say and I'm supposed to do whatever my husband says. So I had to work through a lot of that from being so independent. And now I'm sharing money and now I'm sharing a budget. And now now we have two different kids that we're blending. One went through a divorce and one went through his mom being murdered and his, his sister. And so to experience that, bring them together, it's, And then my husband going through what he went through and walked in on it to bring that together. That's a jumbled mess. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot we're going to have to work on. That's a lot of baggage on everybody's part to bring in and say, let's create this whole happy family. And so it looks like this amazing like redemption story from everywhere on the outside. But when when you say it like that, you realize, wow, there's probably a lot going on you know, behind the scenes. And there has been, there's milestones for our kids that haven't been met because of trauma and having to work through that. There's trauma on both ends of ours that Davey and I will have, we'll get heightened in certain areas where we're like, wow, we we need to work through that together. And that's the biggest thing that I will always tell people is people don't realize when you're married, obviously they say it's one flesh, Um, that's hard to get in that rhythm of one flesh with another human being that's so separate from you. Mm -hmm. But when we we can fight with each other towards a goal or we can fight against each other away from the goal. We all, the goal really is, for a happy, healthy, holy, God-fearing marriage. But at the end of the day, when you're bringing in all this stuff, you can easily fight away from the actual goal. Mm-hmm. And so we realized early on, like we need to fight for each other. We need to fight for our kids and not fight against our own will and what we want personally. And so it's been hard. I mean, it's been it's been a very difficult season and then bringing a third child in. But I would say the beauty is not in the marriage. That's not where God what he had for us specifically is saying like, because now you're married, you're complete and you're whole. We already complete and whole in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is not the thing, but the redemption was that Davey was being healed and the healing touches that God was using me to give to him and vice versa. He was giving me healing touches. God wanted also to reflect who he was as my father and as my husband through my husband, it was a beautiful thing when when my husband goes and seeks after the Lord every single morning. I wake up and my husband is, is at the same spot in the in our sitting room reading the Word, and my kids see that, and we know who he is seeking after. He's leading our family in a very positive way, in the best example possible. Not telling us we things, but doing it himself. When he seeks Him, he treats us. I mean, it's just the most beautiful thing to see. My daughter going to have a a man in her life that follows the Lord. That's the redemption piece right there. It's Mm -hmm. not the marriage; it's the whole aspect.
0: Mm, So good, you know. And I think the thing some women are listening and they're going to say, "Okay, I hope that's my story." And others may be saying, "I, "I, it's okay if I don't go down that road." And I think the thing we have to recognize is whether that is meant to be through a spouse or whether that's meant to be through a community believers. This is the way that God redeems our story is by bringing us together, and we have to open ourselves to the potential of having to walk life with people, whoever they are. (laughs) And that means learning how to gauge what you can trust people with, what you can't, who can walk with you, who cannot. And that is a bumpy process of being vulnerable and opening ourselves up and allowing other people to do that. And there's some, you know, stepping on of toes and things like that. And sometimes God shows you this is not a person I meant to have in that journey with you or only for a certain season. But that in the midst of the body coming together, that we are healing each other's broken places, that that's how God is the hands and feet through us. Yes. And how beautiful, yes, that it's in your home and in this you know, covenant relationship and that it's playing out in your kids' lives and, and all of that. But for a woman that may feel that either that's not for her or that she's not sure that that's really what she wants, that there's still that redemptive relationship that can
1: occur in all kinds of different ways. Exactly. It doesn't have to just happen in a marriage. It can happen through Mm -hmm. any single person that comes into your life for sure.
0: So Christy, for a woman who maybe is in a space of like struggling to trust God, struggling to take that first step after all the things that she's been through, Mm -hmm. what word of encouragement might you have for her?
1: I think when you think about life, I mean, for us who have sought every single aspect of a temporary high or sought, sought out happiness in whatever way, um, we've realized that nothing fulfills really alcohol, drugs, guys, kids. I mean, anything you can think of traveling, nothing fulfills online shopping, like nothing fulfills in this life. And so I remember just feeling like God, I don't. I don't understand. I don't trust you, but I know there's nothing but you. I know you're the way, the truth, and the life. So I will follow you, but I need you to show me. And so I'd say for them, ask him, beg him, because if you pray to him and say, "Show me how you're not just my father, but how you're my dad." Like my, my real dad here, um, there was multiple times of me being a single mom, I would pray to Jesus, like, I don't know how to raise her right now. I don't know how to correct that attitude. I don't know how to do this. And I depended on him. And what was so beautiful is I would always feel like I had some kind of answer in that moment. I would give it, but then I'll cry sometimes afterwards, like most people have a husband to bounce ideas off of. I don't, how do I do this? But then when Dave and I got married he came from a very healthy foundation with very healthy parents, has no trauma from him being, you know, growing up with his parents and we parent the exact same way. Mm. That's Jesus right there mm. because I relied on him. And so I think what you just have to do is take that first step. God, God, I remember it so beautiful when they're going in the promised land, they're going to go through the Jordan river. They had to take that first faith step in the river and then the river parted. It didn't part beforehand. They didn't see the answer beforehand. Mm-hmm. They had to take the first step and then it parted. And then they're like, oh God, you're faithful. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll take the next step. And then, okay, still not coming down to me. I'll take the next step. So I, take, I would just say, take that next step, pray to him and say, show me how you're my father. Be my husband for me in this season. And you're gonna see him show up. And then when he does, write down your altars and praise him and thank him. For how faithful he is, because there is nothing in this life. He has infinite joy. The pre- in, in his presence there is joy, In his right hand there is pleasures forevermore. Nothing else it compares at
0: all. Mm, so good, Christy. I love that. <laughs> I'm completely even just myself. Just I'm really um, soaking in, you know, all of of what you're saying, and mm. I I I can just echo it back. I've seen it, you know, those times where it's just like, I don't have this. And he has taught me in this season to call him dad. And I never understood that whole concept of Abba Father from the Bible until this season of my life. And I am blessed to have a wonderful relationship with a really godly dad. And Mm. the difficulty that I had with seeing God rightly came from completely different experiences from growing up in a legalistic type of a church background, but God has corrected all of that. He has Mm. shown me his tenderness. He's shown me his compassion. And yeah, when I've thrown out the fleece, (laughs) there he is. (laughs) He's not afraid to show up in those situations. (laughs) he He knows when our faith is just flailing and that we need a hand
1: (laughs) and he will give it to you and there's so many promises in scripture and he wants you to say i remember one season i'm like show me how you're this Mm -hmm. you know show me how you're this and even his characteristics of who he is jehovah Rapha, he's our healer Uh, i mean all the things you can think of show me how you're my provider lord like um and it's neat because he does He shows up in that moment when you're asking because he wants to be known. Like he's not trying to hide. He's there. It's more of us not seeing him when he's fully there. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Oh, that's so good.
0: (laughs) I think we have to remember that. That is so, so good. Christy, I'm really thankful for just all that you shared about your journey in this conversation. I ask every guest the same question. And it is, if there's just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be?
1: For me, I miss that season of putting my kid to bed and having silence in the house. And it was just me and my savior and my husband and my father. That was such sacred, peaceful time. So I would say, enjoy the the season of singleness. Enjoy the season of quiet when the kids are in bed, that it's just you and him. And take advantage of the fact that right now it's just you and him. Because if you do get married... The, it's chaotic. And to find those little peaceful moments, you're you're desiring them. You're seeking them so much more. So I'd say just spend this time, enjoy his presence, because I, this, is, this is the best time to do it. Mm, so good.
0: Christy, tell listeners more about your resources and how they can follow along with you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so my husband and I, we co-founded a ministry called Nothing is Wasted, and we have a Painted Purpose course. And so- People through their traumas, their trials, and their transitions. And so you can find that at Nothing's Wasted Ministries for their Instagram. Also, it's at com. So we have a site for that. Also, I do health coaching um, and health and wellness. We're having a cookbook coming out. So you can find all the information at Christy also on Instagram at Christy.Blackburn.niw. Fantastic. And I will have
0: links available to those in the show notes to make it easier for (laughs) listeners to find those resources. But thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Oh
1: my goodness. Thank you so much for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this conversation with Christy, I've got a couple others in mind for you. You may want to go back and listen to episode 73 with Davey Blackburn. That's Nothing is Wasted, Confronting Pain, Unlocking Purpose, and Taking Back Your Life. And then also have a listen to episode 70 with Brittany Moses. That's Waiting Well in Singleness and How to Introduce Your Child to a New Man. As we wrap up today's episode, I do want to point out a couple of resources available in the show notes. The first is our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Going through the issues and things that we're dealing with as single moms in community is so valuable. And so if you'd like to join the Facebook group, all you have to do is search for Agape Moms on Facebook at Agape Moms, and then click on the groups tab there and submit a request to join the group. Likewise, if you would like to follow along with Agape Moms on Instagram, You can search for us at Agape Moms. Additionally, I now have a weekly video guided scripture meditation available for every episode of the podcast. And if you subscribe to the Agape Moms YouTube channel, you will receive notifications when those videos become available. And it's just a great way to start off your day with some encouragement from God's word and apply some of the things that we're learning here on the podcast. I also want to thank you for your subscriptions, your rankings, your reviews. It's so encouraging to me to see what God is doing in your life and to see Him on the move, but it also helps other women to be drawn in to just what God has for them here as well. And as you move through the rest of your day or your evening, I just pray that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.